Welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Colby Taylor, and in today's episode, we are going to discuss a commonly misunderstood diagnosis, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder is one of those diagnoses that most people who know very little about psychology have heard of, and maybe that's why it's so frequently misunderstood. Uh, when I was in high school, there was a spate of media attention around OCD. The television show Monk about a detective with OCD was airing, and the movie Aviator, about the life of genius and millionaire Howard Hughes, who had OCD tendencies, uh, was released. That was released in 2004. And the game show Deal or No Deal, which is hosted by Howie Mandel, who has publicly disclosed that he has OCD, was sort of the rage on network television. And by the way, I'm not sure if having the name Howard, the first name Howard, like Howard Hughes or Howie Mandel, uh, is a risk factor for OCD. Anyways, it's interesting that all of those high-profile cases involve males. And when we start talking about the prevalence of OCD, we'll actually find that it occurs equally as often in males and females. It's also interesting that all three of these cases involve germophobia, or obsessions or fear around contamination. While contamination is a common obsession, there are many other obsessions that people can have too. So I do this episode right after the anxiety disorders episodes, because OCD was included in the anxiety disorders family in the DSM-4. And now it has its own home in the DSM-5, which is a chapter directly after the anxiety disorders chapter, probably in a nod to show how these disorders are related. So the new, the new chapter, uh, the new home for OCD in the DSM, is the obsessive compulsive and related disorder section. And you'll see these disorders abbreviated as OCRDs for short. Obsessive compulsive and related disorders include body dysmorphic disorder, hoarding disorder, trichotillomania, excoriation, and of course, OCD. And OCD is going to share some characteristics like compensatory behaviors with eating disorders, which we'll talk about in future episodes. Body dysmorphic disorder is one of those that might just as easily have been placed in the eating disorder family. It used to be known as dysmorphophobia. Uh, talk about a mouthful. And um, body dysmorphic disorder involves a preoccupation with perceived flaws in physical appearance. And these perceived flaws cause distress, and the preoccupation with them results in things like frequent mirror checking or other repetitive behaviors. Obsessions with weightlifting, with tanning, with cosmetics, and with plastic surgery might be included here. There's also this specifier of uh, with muscle dysphoria, which is particularly prevalent in males. Um, and this is where you perceive your muscles to be too small. Um, sometimes you'll hear this colloquially called bigorexia. Uh, you might also have heard of the term orthorexia, which is obsession with eating healthy foods. So much so that it's restrictive. And this might be related to body dysmorphic disorder. Um, I've known people who go on vacation, who maybe go on a cruise, and they're so obsessed with healthy eating that they pre-apportion and bring their own meals in sort of little Tupperware containers. Uh, they'll weigh out a certain amount of chicken and a certain amount of rice. And they also work out every day on the cruise. So they, they really just can't cut loose. Um, hoarding disorder is also in this family. Um, it's been popularized in recent years by the A&E television show Hoarders. 
Uh, and it involves a debilitating inability to part with possessions. And this often leads to extreme clutter, as you've probably seen in the TV show. Uh, we also have trichotillomania, which is hair pulling. Uh, this is recurrent pulling out of hair that is usually triggered by anxiety. Trichotillomania is 10 times more common in females than males. We sometimes see uh, sort of the stereotypic behavior of pulling your hair out. Um, in people with intellectual disability or the autism. And the DSM is kind of unclear here as to whether trichotillomania, um, a, a diagnosis of trichotillomania would be given. So we have hair pulling and we also have skin picking, which is called excoriation. This is repeated picking at healthy skin or at scabs. And again, it's usually preceded by anxiety. And this one's also more prevalent in females and males. OCD and all of these disorders are characterized by the presence of obsessions and compulsions. Obsess obsessions are mental actions. They're recurrent or persistent thoughts or impulses. Uh, and they can involve images that you can't get out of your head. Uh, they're invasive, they're intrusive, and they're uncomfortable. Obsessions are not sort of everyday worrying about real life problems. Uh, and they also have to have an intrusive nature. The person who is experiencing them on some level is trying to get rid of them, uh, but can't. Uh, you also have to have some insight as to these being a product of your own mind. And this will distinguish them from psychotic disorders that we'll talk about in future episodes. These obsessive compulsive and related disorders, these OCRDs, uh, also involve compulsions. Compulsions are repetitive behaviors, like hand washing or repeatedly checking to see if you've turned the oven off. Or they can be repetitive mental acts, like counting or praying, uh, that a person feels driven to perform according to rules they've made about the obsession. The compulsions are usually aimed at preventing something bad from happening. Like if you don't say a decade of the rosary every hour, uh, 10 Hail Marys every hour, your mother might die. And compulsions are not related to heading off the disaster in a realistic way. Or they could be clearly excessive. So like washing your hands to prevent COVID, yes, that realistically helps to prevent the virus and that's a good habit. But if all you can think about is COVID and you wash your hands, let's say 30 times in an hour to the point that your skin is absolutely raw, we might call this excessive. When people say that someone is so OCD, these people usually have rigid thought patterns. They might be neat freaks or are super adherent to schedules or rules. But often these people don't have true compulsions. And there's another disorder, a personality disorder, we'll talk about in a future episode, that's confusingly called obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And that probably better describes these sort of perfectionistic or as Freud would psychosexually call them, anal people. So you have the presence of obsessions and compulsions with OCD. And these obsessions and compulsions must be time-consuming. The DSM-5 gives the example of taking over one hour per day, which to me seems to set a really hard bar to meet. Um, but I guess it's not if you include like an hour of mental worrying. Uh, so maybe that's more reasonable. Um, but that's just an example, the, the, the one hour. It's not a hard and fast rule in the DSM. Um, and also, these can't be due to substance use, right? Certain stimulants like cocaine use, uh, may cause obsessions and also repetitive actions like skin picking. So as I mentioned earlier, OCD is equally as prevalent in males and females. 
However, it tends to start earlier in boys than in girls. Um, it usually manifests in childhood or adolescence, and there appears to be a fairly substantial genetic role. Now, there is a condition in children and adolescents that can mimic OCD symptomology. It's called PANDAS, which is an acronym for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infection. As the name implies, it involves a strep infection, a chronic strep infection, not just sort of um, a run-of-the-mill childhood sore throat. And treatment involves lo a long course of heavy antibiotics, sometimes almost a decade of antibiotic therapy. So a good pediatrician who's doing a differential diagnosis for OCD might also do a blood test for strep to rule out pandas. Psychopharmaceutical treatment of OCD usually involves SSRIs or anxiolytics, with antipsychotics um, occasionally prescribed in severe cases. And we'll talk about antipsychotics more when we discuss psychotic disorders. Talk therapy treatment uh, usually involves a component called ERP, uh, and this stands for Exposure Plus Response, Response Prevention. And Exposure Plus Response Prevention is going to take the exposure piece we talked about with anxiety disorders, where someone is exposed to a feared stimulus, while also not allowing that person to perform the compulsive act, which usually serves as an escape mechanism to avoid true exposure. So let's walk through some examples of what this might look like. Let's say we have the case of someone who is obsessed with their drink being contaminated. If a drink, a water bottle, or a soda leaves this person's line of sight for only a second, they have to dump it out because it's possible someone slipped something into their drink. And if they do this even within their own home, um, this is starting to become excessive, right? And it can be time consuming. It can be expensive having to buy new beverages uh, if you have to dump your drink out every time you turn away from it. So we have an obsession of contamination at work here, which like many anxieties is adaptive on some levels. Uh, it's always possible someone is trying to slip something in your drink, um, but this is excessive and there are some cognitive distortions at play here. So we might construct a fear hierarchy, sort of like we did with systematic desensitization. Let's say this person is like a three out of 10 anxious when they turn their back on their drink in a locked room. We could start here with exposure and have them turn their back on their drink in a locked room for say 20 seconds. That's the exposure piece. And their response, their compulsion is to dump the drink out or want to dump the drink out. The response prevention piece would be to not allow this person to dump the drink out. And we could eventually work up to them having a sip from that drink. Taking things a step further on the fear hierarchy, we could have them go to a mall food court and order a drink. A lot of people around at a mall food court, especially pre-COVID. And then we could have them put the drink on a table, leave it, and then walk around, sort of do a lap around the food court and then come back after five minutes and not dump the drink out. All right, let's uh, look at another example. Uh, Brown and Barlow have a really good one in their abnormal psychology casebook that involves an obsession with contamination. And this person has an obsession with possibly coming into contact with something associated with a dead body. So if they've suspected someone has attended a funeral, they would avoid the person for a set amount of time or they would throw away any clothes that have been worn to a funeral or around a dead body. So they, in the exposure piece here, the therapist actually attends a funeral 
and returns with his shoes. And then he prevents the response of the person leaving the room. And then the therapist takes things a step further, and this is maybe too far, by placing food on his shoes and having the person eat the food after touching the shoe. And that's the shoe that had been to the funeral. So these are some examples of ERP. You might also, and I've seen this before, have someone who does something compulsively religious. Again, this might be praised in certain contexts, uh, but if it's clearly becoming excessive, sort of like saying a decade of the rosary every 10 minutes to prevent your mother from dying, uh, there might need to be an intervention. So in these cases, it might help to bring in a religious figure or a cultural expert. You could bring in a priest and have the priest sit with this person for two hours and have the priest not allow this person to pray during the two hours to expressly prohibit praying. This is response prevention. And then hopefully that person's mother wouldn't have died in that two-hour period. All right, that draws a close to this episode. Uh, we have an empty mailbag today. Send any questions you might have to ctaylo41 at cbu.edu. Till the next episode, stay well and take care.